0: Welcome to A New Testament Journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten miners. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money, in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your miner has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, "'Sir, here is your miner. "'I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. "'I was afraid of you, because you're a hard man. "'You take out what you did not put in, and you reap what you did not sow.' His master replied, "'I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. "'You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, "'taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. "'Why then didn't you put the money on deposit?' so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him, and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognise the time of God's coming to you. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. This
1: is where we can peer inside the head of Jesus and see how he understood himself. By giving himself the title Son of Man, Jesus was stepping into the prophetic tradition of Daniel 7, claiming to have divine authority to smash the corrupt kingdom that was ruining people's lives. In Jesus's day, most people thought that meant Israel as a whole, or an individual representing them, overthrowing the Romans and reclaiming the land. Nobody, except for Jesus, thought the Son of Man, would peer up trees to chat to short sinners and then go and eat at their house. Jesus demonstrated that the true enemy kingdom that needed defeating was not the Roman one, but the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus demonstrated that the authority of God to tear down that kingdom was not expressed through global warfare, but through acts of love and invitation to broken individuals. In this way, Jesus shows the authority of God in this age does not look like Solomon, enthroned in glorious splendour, all his human enemies humbled before his extensive armies, receiving notable guests who are overwhelmed by his wisdom and greatness. No, the authority of God in this age looks like the pre-coronation David, skirting around the edges of the land, welcoming odds and sods into his band of merry men and liberating people from their captivity to the enemy. Jesus seeks and saves the lost. This is something I have to keep coming back to about Jesus. Yes, he's more magnificent and powerful and glorious than I've ever glimpsed. Yes, he's the centre of all history, victorious, unshakable, the only big man in the kingdom. But he doesn't sit on a throne expecting people to always come to him. He doesn't sit with a divining rod in his hand assessing our worth and only responding if we match up. Jesus seeks and saves. Jesus gets off his throne, not losing any of his authority or power in the process, and comes looking for us. He comes looking for you. And then when he finds us, he peers up at us and asks us what we're doing. He asks if he can eat with us, He whispers such insightful, unexpected questions that it makes us want to repay everything, overpay everything, give back anything we owe just for the staggering joy of having him remain in our lives. I want my vision of Jesus to match his vision of himself, the one given all authority to smash up Satan's kingdom who casually eats and chats with people that no one likes. Question for reflection. How much does your vision of Jesus see him both enthroned with all authority and sitting and eating with sinners?
0: We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to
1: www.anewtestamentjourney.net